position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Welcome to episode number 307 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on, yes, September 11th, 2020, uh, at 2054 hours. That would make it left coast, Pacific coast, coast the most, uh, 8.54 p.m. Pacific coast time. That would make it for our sequel friends, 2020-09-11. Uh, uh, crack engineer, Ivor Molina, over there in the booth. Holding up the whiskey sign, reminding me to not forget about our announcement um, before we... Oh, he's holding up the whiskey sign! Good man, Ivor! Yes, after last week's disastrously drunk, fucking horrific, horrifically drunk, it was fantastic. It was the best show we've produced in forever, and Ivor, for that, you are fired. Um, so yes, cheers. Drink, 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 drink. Mm. Well, I know we're the toy aisle, in the words of the great schmooze, the original, well, the second original Captain Midnight. 
um, Steve Summers, we're the toy aisle. We try not to confront the darknesses and the actual realities of, you know, the unmitigated, at this point, damn near unmitigated nightmare that we face each day, but it's September 11th, and it's the 19th anniversary. Next year, I don't know what the fuck. Well, we'll all be dead by then, anyway, so that's something, if you want if you want the power, if you're Norman Vincent Peel and you want the power of positive thinking on your side, I would choose to frame that question, what are we going to do next year when it's 20 years? Jesus, half my life. Half of all of our, well, not all of our lives, but, you know, if you're my age, it's half of our lives. Um, but yeah, it's September 11th, and um, this has been one motherfucker of a week that plunged me into, prior to the, prior to September 11th, crawling across my, uh, or flashing across my time and date bar in my, uh, on my computer screen. This week has been something else. I mean, half of the country, well, entire left side of the country, coast the most, is on fire. Um, Trump called fucking war dead suckers and losers. I mean, which blew my mind. That, and that was Monday. Then, then today, as the West Coast burns, he went on on TV or whatever and said that he told the West Coast to, quote, clean floors of leaves and broken trees many times. And then went on to add that because they just don't want to listen, maybe they're going to have to pay for it themselves this time. Which is really presidential really really fucking solid message and the PS meanwhile like fucking 20 million an unfathomable amount of acreage is on fire and they say it's going to burn for another month out here in the US clean floors and leaves of broken trees he said I've been saying this to them for three years and they just won't listen yeah, Trump, because, wow. I mean, that's just fucking amazing. That's a leadership. Oh, boy. It's not even, like, that's not even what a CEO, like, if a CEO said that, oh, yeah, R&D, you know, I told them for three years, which, by the way, I told them nonsense for three, never mind. We're not going to go too far deep into this. So they're going to have to pay for it. That's great. That's hilarious. <laughs> And then, I'm sorry, I, I was outside today at the there's not cinders in the air like the uh, wildfires that were closest to Las Vegas in like 2003. But there's smoke in the sky and it's act, it's really fucking with my allergies. I flew my drone out at a park today. First time I've been outside for anything other than food or lumber in nine months. Or to see my mom in nine months. It's crazy. It's like Walden Pond, but in reverse. <laughs> so, the big news of the week was when 
I can't remember if it was two days ago or yesterday because I've been so drunk and so angry ever since. Bob Woodward releases audio tape from his 18 interviews that he did with uh, with Trump. February 7th, Trump said, oh, Bob, this this is five times more, it's five times worse than the flu. It's airborne and it's deadly. And it's not just the old people, Bob. And then in March, right before the Tulsa rally, I think, I, I don't have the timeline in front of me, um, Woodward asked, well, why, why are, you know, why don't you tell the American people this? And he said, well, I always try to play it down. I don't, I play it down. I still like playing it down. I'm going to keep playing it down, whatever the fuck he said. This is on tape. You can hear him say it in his own fucking voice, which makes this guy a mass murderer. And now everyone's saying, now like the, you know, the the World 2 Fox News idiosphere is saying, oh yeah, and you know, well, whatever. No, that makes you a mass murderer. 80% of the people who have died should not have died. And that is not a made-up number. And 80% of 193,000 innocent American civilians, which is more innocent American civilians than have ever been killed by anything ever, especially in their own fucking country. 80, Alexa, what's 80% of 193,000? 154,000 people should not be dead right now. And Trump lied. To everyone, except for the reporter from the Washington Post, Bob Woodward. And he allowed himself to be recorded it is so disgusting. And what have we heard from the GOP? Sweet fuckity fuck all! The same party that would grind the entire country to a standstill for years over a fucking blowjob! I'm sorry, I'm channeling Matt Taibbi, but that is exactly the truth. Oh, they have no problem with this. 154,000 people should not have died. And it's making sweet fuck all of difference among the MAGA faithful. (sighs) Meanwhile, the the people who have fought to defend our freedom are losers and suckers. I don't know uh, what was in it for them, he was reported to have said, to John Kerry, who lost his fucking son while they're standing over his son's fucking grave. This man is not just stupid, he is deeply unfit, he's a, he's corrupt, he's a traitor, and um, now he's a traitor even without foreign influence. It has been a disgusting week. And I have September 11th now right in the middle of it, it it's just, it's it's so it's been a hard week especially I feel better today because I've become numbed, I've become a nerd or whatever the fuck, I've become 
I've adjusted psychologically to this new reality. I mean, it's not like I didn't know that he knew, but to hear him say it's 5% more deadly than the worst flu to Bob Woodward, and I remember what he was saying at the exact same time, and then he holds this rally in Tulsa. No masks. It's a liberal hoax. That makes him a mass murderer. And the darkest moment, and this is the last thing I'll say about this, came uh, actually, it was three, two nights ago. I was drunk in stone, and I'm just, 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 just distraught. I've been distraught. I've been out of my mind, distraught after hearing these, these tapes. I mean, it's one thing to know that he knew, but it's another thing to hear him say this to a reporter and to know what he said that same day, the next day. And what he said ever since. And now he's come out and said, oh yeah, I, I just didn't want people to panic. I'm supposed to be the cheerleader for the... Co- no! You are supposed to keep us fucking safe, you... Anyway, this guy does not understand what his job is, and he's not doing his job. That's the other thing that happened this week. He said, oh yeah, well this morning, and then this is during a... This is on live TV. And he knows it's on live TV. This is from this week. Like, yeah, this morning I watched... Fox and Friends, he lists five fucking shows, five hours of Fox News early programming, then I had lunch and then I you know, I came back and I watched the late night, he watched eight hours of Fox fucking News and openly admitted this, you're the president of fucking United States you anyway, meanwhile while he was doing that literally while he was doing that um I think it's the governor of Oregon called the White House and tried to get in touch with them, but she was for asking for disaster relief because they've never seen a wildfire like this uh, in Oregon, from what I understand. And they are they're fucked. I mean, like they have severe problems, and was told the president was busy. So anyway. The PS de resistance that really sent me over the edge. And don't worry, we'll get to Linux games in mere moments. <laughs> we have a good show for you this week. But uh, three nights ago, I was thinking 152,000 people. Why does that number seem so familiar to me? And I just shuffling through like the GOP talking points in my head over the last, you know, 30 years or whatever. I was like, you know what? Because I was, I was actually just shuffling over my knowledge of American presidential history, which is by no means extensive, but I do know a lot about Grant, Lincoln, and uh, I lived through Clinton and Reagan and Bush, but I really lived through Clinton was where my political experience began to, you know, I was like a sentient human being at that point. Um, And I know FDR, Eleanor Roosevelt, I know Teddy Roosevelt, I know Taft, uh, I know a little bit about uh, a little, you know, I know the broad strokes with uh, more than my share of apocrypha about uh, Garfield. But really, other than that, like, you know, I know I read biographies of Washington. I I was searching through my knowledge just in my head. I've just... It stole two fucking days from my life just hearing those recordings. I sat there, I cried. you're a fucking monster. You're a maniac. You're good. I've been saying this for years. He's going to get us all killed. But anyway, so I, I was looking for um another analogy 
for anything that a president has done that has gotten this many innocent American civilians killed ever in our country's history. And something about the number triggered something in my head and I was like, you know what? There's one person who the GOP loves to point to, who used to love, well, they used to love to point to for being a bad dude to defend their war of choice of nonsensical intervention, the longest war in American history, the forever war, the Iraq war. It's one person and one specific crime that they loved to point to. Well, sure, we went in for the wrong reasons, but at least we got Saddam Hussein and completely destabilized the region and, and brought about the rise of... I, anyway, but Saddam Hussein, and they would famously say, this man gassed his own people, and he did. Uh, Pseudo-ethnic cleansing, pseudo-weapon testing, pseudo-fucking horrendous madness on war atrocity scale. The most extreme estimate of the number of Kurds, I, yeah, Saddam gassed the Kurds, right? Anyway, um, the most extreme, the far end of that estimate was that he killed 182,000 of his own people. A number that really struck me as being eerily similar to our president who willfully, knowingly lied to us. And if... It, because the, here's the deal. At the, at the time of the February 7th interview with Bob Woodward, if we had shut down the country one week earlier, something like 30,000 lives would have been saved. If we had done it two weeks earlier... 80% of our current dead would still be with us. And he keeps lying. Now, for those of you who are not history buffs, for those of you who might be, you know, younger people, at least, um, let me read to you a, Wiki a brief portion of a Wikipedia article, and then we will get on with the show. We'll be out of here in an hour, but I gotta—I have to get this off my chest. It's been crushing me all fucking week. Well, never mind. I'm not gonna... I, I, I don't want to inflict it on you, but the bottom line is this. The interim Iraqi government set up by America held Saddam Hussein on trial for war crimes, specifically for getting and eliminating even just the torture, secret police, and human rights violations, but crimes against humanity for his gassing of his own people and his use of biological weapons. 182,000 people. Right now, it's 193,000 people are dead in America. Innocent American civilians, not... They're just people like you and me. People like people are everywhere. 80% of that is 153,000 people. So, Ivor based him with it, and then we'll get to our top stories. Because this lot are wanted for fucking war crimes, mass murder, ethnic cleansing. They're lunatics. They're wanted by the United fucking Nations. There's a time 
when the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part, you can't even passively take part, and you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop, and you've got to indicate to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. Fun trivia about Mario Savio and the Sproul Hall speech. That landed him on the FBI uh, anti-communist uh, watch list, and he was surveilled and subverted for the rest of his life, even though he was just a student. He was not, during the Sproul Hall protests, they realized that someone needed to go out and make a speech, and, you know, none of these, they're just fucking, you know, Anyway, and he's like, I'll do it. Ruined his life. Ruined his life. Anyway, so, but it's true, and now more true than ever. So, top stories. We're changing our format now after getting a bunch of feedback uh, from Twitter over the last, like, six... Oh, God, it's hard to tell. The last, like, year, gone a bunch of feedback. What we're going to do now is when we have a deal section we're going to put the deal section in the middle of the show so from now on it'll be the top of the show which is just like the erratum slush pile like news and stuff like that or like a giant 20 long 20 minute long rant about how our president is fucking mindless traitor and etc um it'll go like the top of the show, and then we'll have you know, the normal stuff, like either new and noteworthy or whatever and then before our feature we'll do the the deals and that way, people who don't want to hear like my opinion about whatever the fuck, in terms of the feature which is normally like a long form you know, semi-improvised essay or review, in this case it's a review um, they don't have to listen to it uh, but they still get the deals and it doesn't force them to wait for the deals at the end of the show I think it'll be better we'll 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 punch it up with some bumper music maybe maybe one day you know fuck maybe by the time uh you know this time next year of course we'll all be dead but maybe by then I will have fucking bothered to fix the fucking website I doubt it. I severely doubt it. You're right, Ivor. You're fired. More whiskey. Good idea. So, uh, our feature this week is uh, our full review of Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, we have a lot of good... We have three good deals for you this week, and uh, we got some new and noteworthy for you that I've been, I've been checking out. So, without further ado, Ivor, let's get on with the show. I was a North American fall when in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. Ah, New and Noteworthy. There's almost like nothing as good as New and Noteworthy games. So we have a bunch of them for you. First off in our New and Noteworthy is a education is an educational game that I've actually been playing. I, I think I have uh like an hour and a half, two hours, 40 minutes. I got 40 minutes in it. Okay. So it felt like seven. No, I'm kidding. It is called 
learn Japanese to survive kanji combat. This game is a blast. I've always wanted to learn kanji. Anything about kanji, even. This game gives you, uh, I'd say, about half of a second grade Japanese, you know, kindergartner, whatever, uh, overview of kanji, but it does it in a way that makes the symbols memorable um, and does it in a fun way, deceptively fun way, based heavily on repetition. So when I say it's a second grade thing, I'm 40. It is exactly at my grade level. Um, I've learned to do amazing things <laughs> in the past from educational video games that were, for some reason, I always start at second grade level. I think that's probably because all of us who don't know something yet have to start at second grade level. You know what I mean? So it has, uh, it's basically a JRPG where you fight various kanji symbols after they teach you what they mean and how to draw them. You you fight them. You go and explore the world. It's a bunch of formulaic, you know, fetch quests, side quests, with some interesting characters that are in your party. Um, but it's really just you fighting these kanji symbols. If you define them correctly, you destroy them and you win. If you fail, they hurt you and eventually kill you. Because all of Tokyo has been consumed in an alternate universe whatever, whatever, whatever. It's all basically straight out of JRPG Maker, but it had to have been done by real educators because I know fucking five fucking kanji symbols now. That's almost as friend of the show Jeff Jeffy Wise said of my remarking as he beheld my unlimited five kanji symbol power. He knows real Japanese, by the way, and kanji. Like, I mean, he, like, he can speak, read, and conversate in Japanese. So, fuck that guy. He's a dick. But he, he remarked on my uh, infinite power of five symbols. I know tree. I know stone. I know gold. I know uh, water. And I know fire. He said, wow, that's great, Skooky. You almost know all seven days of the week. But yeah, it's like that. It's nine bucks. And kanji is a really complicated subject, as is Japanese in general. But there's a reason why Japanese is not in the list of languages you can learn from Babel or whatever. Um, I took Japanese uh, in fifth grade. It was actually mandatory at the school that I went to. Uh, I think I took it for a year. And it was more conversational. And I was in fifth grade. And I've used it exactly zero times. So for someone like me who does... who who spent 20 years doing calligraphy and stuff. Like, I know more Persian than I know Japanese and or kanji. So this game, when I saw it was nine bucks, I had to pick it up. It's actually really good. I mean, like, I can draw from memory right now. Uh, tree, stone, gold, almost. I can almost remember it. Um... And fire almost, but I can recognize them immediately. Uh, and it's good if you do it with like a, a notepad that like is devoted to the game 
or you can make flashcards or whatever, but uh, I find using a notepad is good, and it, and it will stress you, like, it will, it will, you know, like, it takes about an hour to get through every group of five symbols, allegedly there are, like, 200 that they cover, of course, there are, like, kanji is continuously evolving, it's, it's, it's one of the more flexible and, um, dynamic, there we go, that's, a, you know, it, it's constantly being populated with new, with neologisms, I guess is what you would call them, but in terms of symbols, so, like, compound symbols and stuff like that, so there's, like, over 20,000 kanji that are, like, I guess, currently considered to be in, you know, uh, use, so 200 is a drop in the bucket, but it, it it's getting me started, and it's fun, and it's great when you're stoned, and you're tired of you know, murdering people in in other video games, so self-improvement, turning Japanese I really think so speaking of turning Japanese for $3, you can buy this not safe for work game called Sexual Void, which is the first game that introduced me to the concept of joy, J-O-I games, I don't know if my interpretation of this is correct, but to my horror when I booted it up, so it's just a sexy chick you can make her play, she's like naked you can dress her up however you want, she's really cute she's got huge tits um, you put her in different dresses or whatever. But then there is like a jerk off game. I think it's a jerk off game. I think that's what's happening. Where each pump of your dick, it's like, I don't need a game to jerk off. I don't need someone telling me how to jerk off. I don't need to outperform the game. Jesus Christ. But anyway, it's $3. It's hilarious. You can make her use toys on herself and stuff and. What? <laughs> it's one of those things it's just like so fucking hilarious that I had to mention it so that's also in our new new and noteworthy I think from Japan <laughs> I I might just be that might just, might have just revealed me to be like everyone a, more than a little bit racist because it's like ah yes Japan land of perversion my favorite land <laughs> the land that understands me but uh yeah so sexual void which by the way is such a hilarious name for a game where you have to jerk off to get coins like you have to jerk off in real life like <laughs> <laughs> it's such an ironic name because that does describe probably the target audience for this game's uh, sexual experiences uh, probably globally throughout their life but it does indeed very accurately describe the, my own romantic reality for the last god damn it now nearly a year so you want to know why I'm so Fucking angry and everything! There you go. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Alright, so, uh, yeah, uh, Ivor, you're fired. Uh, yeah, okay, that brings us to the deals, and we don't have a deals music thing, a deals music bumper, because we never had one before. So, our deals before we get to our feature, uh, Right now, Fury, F-U-R-I, that would be Foxtrot, 
uniform uh, Romeo India is 75% off through uh, September 17th at $4.99. It's a uh, third-person sword game. It's like a cross-screen hyper light drifter and uh, <sighs> that one Nidhong the two-dimensional side-scroller sword game that I could never run because it came up before Proton. And I couldn't get Fury to run. I've owned a license for Fury uh, long since before Proton too. But anyway, I'm assuming that Fury runs now. It's $4.99 now through September 17th. Uh, it looks great. And if you've seen Hyperlight Drifter, it's not made by the same guys, I don't think, but it, it looks... Yeah, they share a very similar aesthetic, and uh, it's gotten great reviews. And for five bucks, that's cheaper than a pack of cigarettes. So you can afford to fucking take that financial risk. I'm hoping, and then even then, if all else fails, you can return it. So that's Fury. Um, I'm next. Curse of the Dead Gods. Curse of the Dead Gods is 33 percent off. Uh, this is a dungeon crawler. Uh, it's demi isometric. Uh, cell-shaded dungeon crawler, so it looks really cool. Looks a lot like Hades, actually. I didn't know that this game existed uh, prior to Hades. I'm, in fact, I'm not real clear on which came out first. I do know that Hades is still in early access, but Curse of the Dead Gods looks like I am dungeon scum. That is all I really am. Uh... In a th- in a demi isometric um, super, it, what I've read says it's a super punishing roguelike. So there you go. Next, Battle Stage, a game which I've gotten to run. I've gotten this game to run. It is tricky to get it running, and I'm having problems getting it to recognize my controller correctly and remapping the buttons, but I only got it, like, literally an hour ago. So, blah, but it is a twin-stick, demi-isometric, third-person shooter with online multiplayer and couch multiplayer in the spirit of Smash TV meets, like, a fucking... I don't know, it's Contra in a demi-isometric perspective with, like, up to four people. So, I was like, I'm all in. Right now, it's 20% off at $8.79 through September 18th. And then, uh... Also part of the uh, Focus Interactive or Focus um, week-long sale or flash sale or whatever the fuck they're calling it. Uh, Another Focus game that I just got today that I never heard of it's called Hard Space Shipbreaker. It, like Curse of the Dead Gods, is a fairly recent game. It came out in the last, like, nine months, I think. Uh, Hard Space Shipbreaker is a first-person um, space game where you are literally in sub... You're, like, in planetary orbit breaking down these giant spaceships for salvage upgrade your, you know, get more salvage, sell it, upgrade your equipment, 
blah blah blah. It looks fairly technical. It's all in first person. It looks really pretty. It's gotten very favorable favorable reviews. Hard Space Shipbreaker is twenty five percent off at eighteen dollars and seventy four cents. You'll hear about. You'll probably hear more about uh, many of these titles in future episodes of the show because I all of these I do own actually now that I think about it. I bought all of these. Um, one note that I should have mentioned at the top before we get to our, our review, our, our feature, our review of Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, last week I said that, uh, you know, our Everyone Loves DeNovo, Marvel's Avengers episode. I said that within the next 24 hours, we would know if, you know, they had their shit together. No, it's been returned. I, I had to return it. It's, it, it, now, before right before I return it, which was like Tuesday or Wednesday, um, it wouldn't even fucking show me the De Novo website warning thing. It just won't fucking open. So, fuck you. Any game that tells me to try again in 24 hours after making me pay 60 bucks can suck my dick. Thank God for Valve and Steam return policy. Back in the day, some of you kids out there should not be listening to this show because it is filled with drug abuse, alcohol abuse, strong sexual themes, if not outright perversion, and radical political beliefs, rock and roll, video games, and Linux, and freedom, and freedom, and justice, and democracy. So your parents better not catch you listening to this show. <laughs> I know. If you're a little kid, you should turn off the show. Or just seek the, uh, find your dad or mom or whatever, and then make them listen to an episode and <laughs> see if you should be allowed to listen to. <sighs> ah, it's not pleasure programmed for your age group. But, uh, some of you might not remember back in the day, which for me is not that long ago. Oh, Jesus, I'm sounding old now. It's pathetic. If you bought a game, that was it. If you opened the box, that was it. If you cut the shrink wrap, that was it. You own that game. Took it back to the computer store. Oh, this doesn't run on my machine. Well, what do you want me to do about it? You own the game. I want you to re- to give me my money back because it- <laughs> it's one of my favorite things about Steam and Valve. Um, their return policy is fantastic. They they refunded my money immediately for Marvel's Avengers, which is a game, by the way, that I was not that pumped to play to begin with, but everyone else is playing it, and so it does suck that we are, as always, still being treated like second-class citizens. So now, a game that will erase all of our blues and was the single game that got me through this week. Seriously, Wednesday, I was so depressed. Star Wars Battlefront 2 A review In accordance with the laws and regulations regarding the internet within your local jurisdiction Best Linux Games Podcast now presents you with a dose of clap Just kidding motherfuckers It's review time So, Star Wars Battlefront 2 as featured heavily in the last 30 minutes of last week's episode. Well, I've got 27 hours logged in the game, um, and I'm ready to do a review of it. 
Now, I have to say that I've not beaten the campaign mode. I'm at, according to a friend of the show, Jeff Jeffy Wise, I'm so close to the end of this game, but I'm stuck. Um, I cannot beat this mission, and every time that I keep trying to beat this mission, it happens to be when I'm stoned. But that does not matter. The campaign mode, which friend of the show, Jeff Jeffy Wise, has reported does have a disappointing you know, kind of tacked on ending, but whatever says I, because Battlefront 2 is an endless smorgasbord festival of infinite replayability, infinite Star Wars-based carnage, amazing multiplayer. Multiplayer is by far what this game was built to be, Around, built around and does not disappoint featuring mo- many, many, many flavors of game modes all organized in once you get the hang of it, once you once you know which modes you like and which ones you want to play and stuff, it's actually fairly easy to navigate uh, and find a match like immediately for almost any game mode that you want. This includes um, control point modes with like up to 40 players, 20 on 20. Uh, it includes uh, a great new mode. Uh, every If you hated the original Star Wars Battlefront, as did I, and I swore last week that I would read to you my review of it, which I will at the end of this. This was the review that ran in the paper um, lo those many years ago. I will read that in this week's episode. Um, Forget everything you know about Battlefront and Star Wars. Because Battlefront 2 is a thousand times better. It does not even... It should not be forced to share the same franchise name. It has so little in common with the fucking repetitive shitberg that was the original Star Wars Battlefront. And if you love the original Star Wars Battlefront, well then, all I can say is... Go with God, my friend. Enjoy that game as hard as you can. Maybe give this a try, but you probably won't like it because this is a thousand times better and you evidently love eating shit. So, how was that for a short... <laughs> so, one of the great new game modes in terms of multiplayer in Battlefront 2, Star Wars Battlefront 2 is this phenomenal game mode called Heroes versus Villains. And in it, Everyone, oh, and by the way, there are no more hero unlocks for Battlefront 2. By the time that it became available for Linux via Proton and then went on sale last week at $13, I hope you picked it up like I told you to, because it is totally worth it. it. Especially if you like Star Wars at all, you will fucking jizz everywhere, all over your face and your mom. All the little puppies and all the little ferrets will be fucking covered in giant stalactites and stalagmites of cum. Ah, sprayed from your mighty lightsaber penis and you won't be able to control it. You will not be able to control your fire hose of jizz. And that goes for both men and women. So, you've been warned about that. But heroes versus villains, so there's no more unlocks. You don't have to unlock a hero. Because one of the things that (laughs) bothered me was that when this game came out, and I I only found this out after finally getting to play it, because this this game's like from 2017 or whatever. It looks fantastic, by the way. 
the graphics in this game are mind-blowing still, especially, it's, one of the nicest things about this game is that it, 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 it almost has, it's like, it reaches the impossible dream that, like, one company managed to fucking find enough developers who are technically capable, competent, and with an actual passion for performance game design and, you know, visual awesomeness, you know, real artists slash craftsmen slash programmers slash you know, etc. Um, who also simultaneously obviously really, really actually liked all of the Star Wars well, you know, the Star Star Wars universe. Thank God they don't go into anyway, I will not go back into uh, we we don't need to reignite the holy war about well, it's not even a holy war cuz like I won cuz it Star Wars episode 9 is nasty trash and Star Wars episode 8 is not very good at all. But 9 is absolutely horrifying. Luckily they don't they don't dwell on too much on any of the objectionable horrifying idiocy of the the third trilogy. What do you call that? A trill tri tri trilogic? I don't know what the I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> but in Heroes versus Villains, it's three on three, and you start by picking whoever the fuck you want. You get to pick your side, you know, either the light side or the dark side, and you get to pick from an enormous array of super iconic Star Wars heroes, each with customizable powers and stuff like that, and then you, all three of you, all six of you, fight it out to see, to determine the fate of the galaxy, you know, and stuff, in various exciting radical Star Wars environs. This game mode, in particular, is one of my favorites. So, we'll come back to that. I want to explain to you my my approach to playing Star Wars Battlefront 2, because it's been one of the most enjoyable experiences I've had this year. I love Star Wars. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Um, As you could tell by uh, the review that we did of... um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order this game is so much better than that game in my humble opinion this game is more original in terms of its gameplay is broader more broad, simultaneously broader and and more performant in the environments and problems that, that you know from a technical challenge perspective that it tackles wrestles the ground and destroys game runs phenomenal in multiplayer uh, matchmaking is really good. EA servers crash occasionally. Um, but oh, I'm sorry, I've stopped pouring out of my face. But the real star of, of Battlefront apart from the multiplayer is the arcade campaign. Or not arcade campaign, uh, arcade they call like structured battle mode, battle scenario is what they call it. And this just frog marches you through, giving you a choice between 
one of two legendary heroes. Again, you start off by picking your side um, across various famous locales throughout the Star Wars universe with various different um, criteria necessary for victory. And it's through this mode that you get the most familiarity with um, each individual hero's unique star cards and their powers and their abilities and their capabilities. And what, you know, you have to figure out what they're good at, what they're not good at, and stuff like that. It is the perfect blend of old school 1990, late 90s era N64 style gameplay problem solving where the problem really is just how do I kill more generally there are no bombs to defuse or puzzles to fix there are no bridges to deactivate or story plot lines to to reach there are no fetch quests real or imagined it's just straight up carnage and a single player and it introduces you to all the heroes and you can do this so there's eight and eight. There's eight for the light side and eight for the dark side. And each one of those eight has two heroes you can choose to be. You get to pick from them. And then each one of those has three tiers of difficulty. Uh, complete all three tiers of difficulty. You get a star, which there's a very confusing upgrade system in Battlefront 2 since they don't have the um, unlockable heroes anymore, because everything is now unlocked. If you buy the game, everything is... All the heroes are unlocked. You still have to grind away with them, which is not the right term, because it's such a joy to just fucking play the fucking game. Um, but, you know, in using the parlance of our time, Jeffrey, um, you have to grind away at them to unlock the star cards that you might want, or to access other powers that they might have uh, which is one of the great geniuses of this game and we'll come back to that in a moment so anyway, here's how I started playing the game, I started doing battle scenarios that's what I did first I did actually all 16 of them 8, light, 8, dark um, I didn't complete them all the way to tier 3 but I, I've gotten a fair amount of tier 3s at this point I don't know what those stars do though but whatever, it doesn't matter <laughs> So, then, I was like, okay, well, let's see what other game modes there are. And so, I, I went into multiplayer, and I did my first uh, major battle, where I got my ass handed to me, because everyone was a thousand times better than me. And that's when I realized the structure of the game. So, in large-scale battles, every player starts the same. You have jobbers who are nameless but authentically modeled uh, after um, memorable nameless characters in the Star Wars universe uh, based across five classes. There's uh, Assault, which is just like your basic rifleman. There's uh, can't remember what's between Assault and Heavy, but there's something between them, I think. Then there's Heavy, and then there's specialists. So there might only be four. I think there are five, though. And then to the right of... So... You, you, you pick your class and you can assign your cards to that class if depending on how many points... How many times you've played as that class and how many points you've 
gain to unlock star card points. Star cards are with you for forever. So that's the only thing you take. So everyone starts off the same, except they have their own star and ability cards and their own combinations, even for these jobber classes. This is where an element of strategy, light strategy, enters the game. This makes the game a lot better. Not so much in major battles, but we'll get we'll come back to this. Over the course of one giant match, which like you know normally lasts like about 45 minutes, you know, 20, somewhere between, you know, 20 and 45 minutes, something like that, which may be comprised of several different phases of interaction on one planet between these two opposing forces. Hmm. You get battle points, and these battle points accrue from, you know, landing hits on enemies, from just surviving long enough, like just each second you get some battle points, um, to like actually taking uh, proactive action that helps your team, like uh, uh, if you die defending someone, or if you, I don't know, if, I don't know if, aven- if there's a vengeance thing, but like if you take a control point, or if you help to take a control point, um, you get more battle points. Eventually, once you have enough battle points, the real iconic characters that are available for the era in which the match is being played and for the side on which you are playing become available. These range from... Uh, these are like all brand name Star Wars, you know, characters. These are like heroes, villains, but also vehicles and... Uh, droids, some of them new, some of them really old. I'm not, I don't think you can play as R2-D2 in this. You can only play as BB and the dark BB. But anyway, that's getting ahead of ourselves. So, bottom line is this. You're thrown into this frag fest. Now, you're gonna suck. And everyone's gonna be better than you. And it's gonna be chaos because it's 20 on 20. And you're trying to figure out the maps and the maps are gorgeous and they look absolutely authentic even the ones that are kind of boring like that are like uh like the like bespin is actually surprisingly boring i don't think that there is a carbonite freezing chamber on bespin i've kind of explored a lot of bespin i can't find it but it's kind of boring it's like uh, all right yeah we're in a city in the clouds and then there's lots of tunnels you know made of fucking star wars like you know uh hallways like on a space, like on a spaceship, like uh, on Leia's spaceship at the beginning of episode uh, four. So even those boring ones, they all reek of authentic fucking Star Wars. They look and feel like Star Wars. The blaster bolts, they feel like Star Wars. Now, what I hear you cry about force users, force users, guys who have lightsabers, girls who have lightsabers. Or, in one of my personal favorites, guys like the Emperor, who have no lightsaber, but have power! And... Wait for it. Power! 
playing as the Emperor is so much fun. Playing as all of these characters is fun. And all of the name brand Star Wars characters, like actual heroes or villains, have massively powerful, unique Star Wars cards, abilities, and inherent advantages, uh, even without any cards equipped or any abilities or anything like anything like that. They have their own ability sets. So the idea is that in like these major engagements. <laughs> For you to hoard enough points to get someone better than, you know, any of the normal classes to get a name brand hero, more or less. And sometimes there's lots of them. These guys are really deadly. They Or they can be if they're used appropriately. Generally speaking, they're really deadly. Um, like, there's nothing like... Uh, being on, like, fucking Naboo or whatever, fighting as, you know, like a clone army droid or whatever, or fighting against the clone army, fighting against the droid, the, the, ah, Roger, Roger, fighting against those guys from the horrific Jar Jar Binks infused episode one, and no, there is no Jar Jar Binks in this, thank God, that I've seen, that I've detected so far. We'll go about an hour and 15 minutes, I have We're almost done. Because we got to get to the best part, but uh, you're fighting just like a traditional fucking kinetic war, more or less, as like a droid or a droid or against droids and droid cars, and then someone gets a tank, and you're fighting against a tank or whatever, and you're trying to hold the control points and stop, like you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And you're doing okay, like your team's doing okay. You guys are really like kind of grouped together and you're holding everyone back or whatever, and then suddenly from, like, out of the corner of your eye, oh, this giant streak of blur, green blur, just kills, like, the three guys that are, like, on your team in front of you, and just whizz away, and you're like, oh, fuck, they got Yoda. Or... You're playing control points in, again, ma major engagement thing. I can't remember what that's called, but, you know, it's 20 on 20. And you guys are, like, you know, locking shit down, and you're, like, in this weird glow forest kind of swampy hallucinogenic mushroom land that I think is the place where, like, the super... When uh, Order 66 or whatever the fuck came down, they only show her for, like, five seconds, but she was supposed to be, like, the greatest lightsaber wielder in the fucking galaxy, and she gets killed by her. She had the, the Bib Fortuna tuna tentacle head on this magical glowing mushroom planet. You get to fight there. You get to fight in all sorts of locations that are really cool. Um, most of which you've never been able to fight in, in the Star Wars universe before, prior to this game. Many of which. So, You're, you guys are struggling for these control points and stuff, and, you know, it's about 50-50 at this point, and you and, like, three other guys are, like, gonna go take this other control point, and you're, like, fucking trying to navigate the confusing, beautiful, bioluminescent, jellyfish-like algae plants that are, that comprise the jungle on this fucking crazy planet, and, uh, all of a sudden, you hear... And you see a red lightsaber and this giant is in front of you. And then you're dead because it's Darth Vader. And someone, and you're like, oh shit, they unlocked Darth Vader. 
So the heroes make a big difference, but they are nothing in comparison to a good strategy. Even if you have the shittiest characters, you can kill anybody. Let's go back to the idea of strategy in this. This game is a mindless blast em up You will love it. It is impossible not to love unless you hate Star Wars. If you hate Star Wars, do not buy this game. Because it is so authentic. You ever wanted to see in first person, you can, for non-lightsaber users, you can shift the camera from behind, from third person to first person and play the game in first person. Uh, lightsaber users and force users have to be in third person. But the game is great in first person. I much prefer it in first person. The controls are super simple, but they give you broad access to um, these powers th that you equip with the star cards or ability cards or whatever. There's only like four of them. You can click down right bumper and left bumper at the same time to get the middle power or left bumper individually or right bumper individually to get their respective powers. Right trigger is fire. Left trigger is generally aim, but sometimes it's, sometimes it's alternate fire depending on what weapon you have and which hero you have equipped. <laughs> So, friend of the show, Jeff Jeffy Wise, before I bought him the game and made him beat it, well, I didn't make him beat it, but I was like, you have to play this. You gotta play this. Because he loves Star Wars much, easily as much as I do, and his knowledge of Star Wars trivia is, you know, way beyond mine. He's a fucking Star Wars nerd. I'm a Star Wars nerd too, but nowhere near him. He's like, I always wondered though, like, doesn't make any sense, like, sabers versus blasters, blah. This game answers that question. The way you counter force users in terms of their lightsaber, which is by far, generally speaking, their deadliest asset, is, you know, number one, attacking from a distance, especially if you can do it in a concerted effort with, you know, more than one of you, because anyone who gets close to them is going to die. <laughs> Unless they too are a force user and are as good. That's when the duels begin. Because here's the thing. Let's look at this Let's look at this confrontation from the perspective of the force user, from a saber user. Sure, you have force powers. And they're all different for each force using hero. Forget those. Let's just talk about the lightsaber. One, it immediately gives away your position. So you want to run around generally with it off. Because everyone can hear it from like a mile, it seems like a mile away. Everyone can hear. Someone got a lightsaber. Also, running around with it off does not like penalize you at all. Now, instead of having um, the blasters in the game have like a they have like a cooldown um, once they reach maximum heat. It's like a thermal thing. And you can vent them manually which can confer a bonus or you can fire them until they overheat and become disabled. Then you have to wait for them to cool down. Um, but if you just, you know, pay attention to your shots and know your weapons, which is another tire category of shit in the game, you should be good to go. For, for lightsaber users, they have generally have nothing that can attack at that kind of range. Especially not at the range of the specialist, which is a sniper. The problem for the saber users 
is managing their stamina, which is which is what they have in place of the the uh, thermal mechanism, you know, which takes the place of like normal kinetic weapons reloading in like a modern warfare game. So the trick to being to killing non saber users as a saber user generally is knowing when to block and when not to block and blocking drains your stamina this balances out like the whole fucking saber versus blasters thing because you can deflect directly back at you know people some of your shots will be deflected back at other human beings um no problem automatically but it does drain stamina you can block tons of light uh tons of blaster shots though with a lightsaber but eventually if you have to do that all the way like you know 50 meters to get within range of striking you know your target with your lightsaber which is generally unless they have a lightsaber something can't be blocked by the time you get to them you have no stamina left to swing which is great so generally they rely on speed finesse and even though they can basically kill most people with like three hits from their lightsaber uh it does require skill to get very good at now what does very good at mean very good at means heroes and villains mode which is a great way to rack up uh all the points all the star cards for like all of your because you, you you just any kill you get is against a hero or a villain so it's worth more experience points, which is not something that I I think the game explains at all. And I'm kind of confused about. Heroes and villains is where strategy comes in, like hardcore. My One of my favorite heroes, generally these people are force users. They all have lightsabers, generally. <laughs> one exception is Lando Calrissian, who has one of his abilities is throwing this smoke grenade thing, which can be upgraded to do other things on top of what it already does. This smoke grenade thing makes you invisible to any enemy who enters the smoke grenade thing, the smoke cloud, which lasts for about, you know, 20 seconds. Even better, as Lando, if you aim down the sights of your special blaster, you can see through the smoke cloud. Anyone who's in the smoke cloud, you can see. They can't see you. Even better! If, let's say that there are two, let's say there's a dark Jedi and a light Jedi, and you're on the light side, obviously, because you're Lando. I'm getting ready to betray the Rebel Alliance. Have a kick it with a cold 445. Uh, let's say that there's like a lightsaber duel going on right in front of you. <laughs> if you throw the smoke grenade into that lightsaber duel, the bad guy's lightsaber stops tracking targets. Meaning he can keep swinging at anything and he'll swing right past anyone who's in there. He cannot aim his lightsaber. This makes you very deadly. And there's tons of other uh, stuff that if you don't like that mechanic, you can replace it. You can be someone else even. But all of the skills and mechanics in Heroes vs. Villains turns out to be a great, exciting, frequently light, lightly strategic, heavily tactical, team-based game. Now, I saved the best for last. 
my by far my favorite thing in this entire fucking game if you are jonesing for star wars squadrons to come out next month and hoping to god that it actually runs on linux and in virtual reality with the headset and everything straight out of the box which is a like yeah good luck with that we'll all be dead by then anyway so this is like second this is like the second least likely thing to happen that it'll all run straight out of the box but maybe like within two weeks of its drop date I already paid for it if you're jonesing for that in cockpit unbelievable cinematic um Star Wars X-Wing versus TIE Fighter X-Wing Alliance TIE Fighter uh TIE Advance etc 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 if you're if you've been jonesing as I have for the last like what 25 years for a worthy successor to those games, which is what uh, Squadrons is supposed to be, look no further than this. The Starfighter combat in this game is limited only to one mode, which is unfortunate. But you can set up um, a skirmish, you know, for single player, but it's really great against other people. The amount of craft is phenomenal. The graphics are out of control. The gameplay and the controls are amazing. The environments, the maps that you fight in are great. Only one complaint here is that there it doesn't have visual boundaries, but there there isn't out of bounds and in certain ships you can easily fly out of bounds chasing someone who just leads you out of bounds, which is stupid, because it kills you instantly after 10 seconds. And it might be impossible for you to get back in time. Uh, Or you get disoriented. You will... if, If you like... If you thought in Star Wars Episode 3, the opening Starfighter combat sequence with all the little mini drones that are ripping apart Anakin's ship and everything as they try to uh, get onto the Trade Federation capital ship. If you thought that sequence was exciting, this game has that... The, the, the shit that's in this game is as exciting as that, and it looks almost just as good. You will get so many ninja boners. Now, finally... Last thing before I read you my old, 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 old review that appeared in print of Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront, the original, which I did not like that much. (laughs) I have to say that there is also, last thing that I found in the game was a whole fucking campaign mode with an original story, unbelievable graphics, Whole environments. It is. It's a static single player campaign. There's also a co-op that you can do, but it it's not in campaign mode. And then there's like another like fucking whole other thing for campaign that Jeff Jeffy Wise said that he beat is like only like four missions or whatever. But he plays on easy, so he's kind of a loser anyway. Um, I'm stuck on campaign. I'm at the end of campaign, but the story is really good. And uh, it takes place just before the Battle of Endor. And uh, yeah. Yeah. It- so, in conclusion, Star Wars Battlefront 2. I-, I could talk for endless hours about the... Uh, oh, especially in cockpit. In If you're fighting with starfighters. It's, oh, in cockpit is so amazing. <laughs> 
No detail was spared, and there are dozens and dozens and dozens of spaceships you can fly at all three different versions of the Millennium Falcon, from Lando's original to Lando's fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy with L-337 as the hyperdrive computer, to um, Chewbacca and Han, to Rey and Chewbacca. All three different Millennium Falcons are selectable and playable. Amazeballs. Best ship, by the way, is Darth Maul's. And I don't like Darth Maul, but he, he is unstoppable in uh, in uh, the Starfighter mode. In conclusion, Star Wars Battlefront 2 earns Best Links Games Podcast highest honor that we can bestow. Worth full price, any price, all price, every price, all day, every day, every day of the week, this year, next year, all years. But I would play it soon because it really shines bouncing between all of these different game modes. And I didn't cover... uh, I only covered two of the multiplayer game modes in this review. There are many more. (laughs) Or three. We had Starfighter, yeah, uh, Heroes vs. Villains and the major engagement one. Um, It is worth full price, any price. It's our highest honor we can give. I, I highly recommend it. If you don't like Star Wars, do not play this game, though. You will not like it. Maybe. Maybe not. I mean, if you actually have antipathy towards Star Wars, if you do not like Star Wars, if it makes you, like, if you hate it, don't get Star Wars Battlefront 2, obviously. It's 40 bucks now. It was 13 when I told you to buy it last week. And in conclusion, as your president, I will read. Let me dig it up. Las Vegas City Life Kill Everything column from September 30th, 2004. Headline, Abuse the Force by Seth Lombarkin. We're going geek this week, shotgun pals, in order to commemorate George Lucas's seemingly unending willingness to milk the cash from his fans with yet another re-release of the Star Wars trilogy, I've decided to forego reviewing Silent Hill 4, The Room, to give you the lowdown on Star Wars Battlefront, LucasArts Entertainment, $49.99. Battlefront is actually part of the marketing evil of the Lucas Empire. The game is, in many ways, a teaser, just a teaser, meant to light a fire under the asses of those who may be slightly reluctant to shell out still more cash for the latest DVD reissue of the trilogy. It's a solid game with pretty graphics, lots of death, much screaming, some pretty cool moments interspersed with cutscenes taken directly from the films in the series. Kind of like a Sega CD game, but with better visuals and actual gameplay. And that actually is the biggest problem with the game. If you're anything like me, you've played every game tied to the story and the trilogy, and there have been a lot of them. From the old Super Nintendo to the debut of the X-Wing and a... X-Wing and Rebel Assault series to abysmally bad games like Yoda Stories and Masters of Terrorist Kasi, the Star Wars themed fighting game. Who could possibly forget that? We've done everything that we've seen in the films over and over and over again. This latest translation of the movie's stories into a video game offers more of the same. You will, once again, fight the Battle of Endor amongst the irritating chittering of the Ewoks. You will, once again, fly a snowspeeder in the Battle of Hoth, using your craft's toe toe cables to tie up the legs of Imperial walkers. Fight the Siege of Bespin, 
again. Watch Alderaan get destroyed by the death again. Are you beginning to see where I'm going with this? No? Well, let me spell it out for you. If you yet to become utterly bored by acting out the same scenes from the movies, according to my estimates, there have been no less than five different games in which you fought the Battle of Hoth, one of which was released just last year, then you'll absolutely love Battlefront. If, on the other hand, you've seen it all before, and honestly, who the fuck hasn't already, then it will leave you with the sincere desire to smash George Lucas's private property with big heavy mallets. Either way, the game is a stellar rental. To put it simply... Game design was ripped directly from Battlefield 1942, the online first-person shooter for the PC. You take on the role of a soldier, fighting either for the imps or the rebels, and fight alongside computer-controlled teammates to capture control points. Uh, the action is fast, bloody, and uninspired. While it's great fun for the first five hours, I found myself unwilling to play it after I beat campaign mode. Basically, you run around shooting anyone on the other team forever. This is punctuated with brief moments of vehicular slaughter, but they're barely worth mentioning when weighed against the huge heaping gobs of foot-based combat you'll slog through. The graphics and the mild thrill of being, uh, of being set in the Star Wars universe are admittedly nice, but they fade quickly in comparison to the tedious and repetitive gameplay. Battlefront does come ready to play online using Xbox Live, but after my initial five hours with the game, I couldn't bring myself to care. My advice, definitely rent it. Hell, you might fall in love with it, especially if you're a diehard fan of the films. Other than that, well, to impersonate Yoda, whether or not to own it, you will want only the future will tell. Oh. And kill everything you must. There you go. Catch you next week, guys. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right Four or five times It is I, E.B. Farnham Maybe I'll cry I'll get you a drink And if I die, I'm gonna cry Four or five times Do you like to play? We like to play I like you We like to sing It only runs on Linux We like to go yada yada yo Four or five times We're gonna have such fun Bebop one you're becoming Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. Yellow is the color. Gambling is the game. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. This is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die.
now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.